Hello. We want to thank you for joining our Living Messiah family by downloading this podcast. We hope it blesses you and enriches your life. We also want to encourage you, uh, if you can, and if your heart is so moved, to support this ministry by going on our website, livingmessiah.com, and donating to help us to put these podcasts in every nation, every place, so we can bring these messages to change lives, to help people grow in the Word of God. Once again, thank you so much for being part of our family. Shalom. Shabbat shalom, everybody. We want to welcome everyone online and everyone here for joining us on our uh, in-depth study uh, roundtable discussion that we're having today, our second week in, in this roundtable format. And today, uh, Deborah Fay is going to be presenting uh, some review on uh, last week's salvation, and then our topic this week is love. And so she'll be presenting, and uh, I'm sure everyone at the table will be contributing, and then I have a few things I may say about love, too. So without any further ado, Deborah Fay, it's your turn. Okay, so I just thought that better. I just thought that it would be good to review um, all of the wonderful comments and things that were that were made um, last time, and um, so what I wanted to do was just sort of start with uh, this beginning. You can scan this if you'd like to see um, this particular. You can scan the QR code if you'd like to see this particular, these particular slides. Um, on your phone and uh, I wanted to just mention that last week if you haven't if you hadn't seen it in the in-depth um, I had uh, gone over some words for salvation in the ancient Hebrew lexicon of the Bible and um, some indicators that we've been rescued and Lisa here has gone through a study on the, I mean on her, her portion of the study which was on the helmet of salvation and so if you want more information on those you can click here. If you scan this on your phone, you can just click here, and this will take you directly to the in-depth study so that you can watch that. Or you can just go to Living Messiah's uh, YouTube channel and find it there. Okay, so the first, the first comment I just wanted to highlight was um, I wanted to highlight during our study, our word study from the ancient Hebrew lexicon. Um, I feel funny kind of looking up here, so maybe I'll turn the chair. Yeah, everybody. Okay. So from the ancient Hebrew lexicon, when we were looking up the um, the root, the word salvation, and we were looking at the parent root, there were some derivatives that were some that had some interesting information to them, and um, one was. Sha'a, one was Tisha, and one was Teshi'i, and um, they meant hour, nine, and ninth. And I just wanted to um, remind us of the comment that Mark had, he had explained. He showed us exactly where in the sky a shepherd would look to see the sun in the sky in the ninth hour. And so I just tried to do this diagram for myself and for everybody to kind of understand that. And so hopefully that is accurate. Is that accurate, Mark? So this, okay, so he was explaining that this is noon, straight up in the sky, and the third hour would be here, and the ninth hour would be just opposite here. And I thought that was an interesting bit of information. So that's what the shepherd would be looking at. And then um, there were, here's the, just a few other comments. 
Ron had commented that we are forgiven. Um, he also commented that, however, we are being sanctified, and so repentance is still required. He brought up, Ron brought up Jeremiah 31, 33 in re regarding the circumcision of the heart. Um, he will remove the heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh. And he suggested that at Sinai, he gave us the stone, and at Pentecost, he gave us that same day, he gave us the heart of flesh, a heart of flesh. And regarding obedience, um, Mark had connected, he had mentioned that the first few chapters of Hebrews connects disobedience with unbelief. And so that also connects the, uh, that belief and obedience are also connected. And he mentioned Polly's verse in Acts 5.32, the spirit comes to those who obey. Some other comments. Um, during Lisa's presentation, when she was mentioning that we have been saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved. Uh, Mark had mentioned that, that, uh, that the word salvation can have a past tense, a present tense, and a future tense. And I just thought it was interesting that when we look at that word salvation in our scriptures, that he was saying that we ought to look and see what tense it is using. Regarding the helmet of salvation, uh, Mark was mentioning that the attacks come to the mind, the heart, and the mind are connected, so, and the helmet of salvation is protecting what's coming in. Uh, he also mentioned the garments of salvation, quoting Isaiah 61.10. And so in that, in that, oh, and Cindy also mentioned that the word crown, um, thinking about the word crown, it surrounds the head, a form of protection, and she mentioned Zechariah 6.11. So um, this was an interesting conversation. If you go back and watch that, and you watch that um, in-depth study, then you'll, you'll catch part of that, which what, or you'll catch that conversation, which was talking about helmets, crowns, and garments as symbols. Okay, and this is this was really I think uh, got to some um, heart level understandings, and um, so I just wanted to talk about this for a minute. So regarding love as an indicator of rescue, Mark was suggesting that perhaps when God was bringing judgment upon the people, it was because these indicators had failed. And if you want to know more about that again, you can go watch the study. Um, he brought up Matthew twenty four twelve uh, that because lawlessness shall abound, the love of many will grow cold. He was mentioning that God's heart is about love, and if we don't have that love, if we're not walking in love, we miss the heart of God, which is the essence of who he is. And he mentioned 1 Corinthians 13, 1 and 2, that talks about love, and which talks about if you, we can speak with the languages of angels, if we have all knowledge, then, um, but we still don't have love, then we're, not, then we're just a clanging symbol. Also, I thought some, some interesting comments that came out of that conversation were um, from Denise. Um, we were talking about everything flowing from the heart in Proverbs, and she was saying about, um, she was basically pointing out that how we hear, how we speak, and how we think all reflect the heart. She said that when we are loving our brother and sister, our biggest challenge is with communication. She also mentioned that, um, along with that, she said that how we hear what, what someone is saying, so as we're listening, the way that we hear it actually reflects the heart. She also said that um, what we say and how we say it reflects the heart. And she told the story of her own life, and then she mentioned how um, James 3.11 came to her mind about a, how a fresh spring and salt water cannot come from the same fountain. Um, she also talked about how we, what we think reflects the heart. 
she was mentioned an example of, of thinking, what is everyone going to think of me? And how um, when y'all was talking to her and um, working that out with her, she found that it was fear and pride. Ron discussed how the highest form of love is our desire to help others see how loving Yahuwah is as our creator and our father. And it was important to him that when we talk about the law, we talk about it as instruction. And keeping his instructions is really, um, we can say, would be guarding it. And he thought that the, ter the terms of um, guarding his instructions in our heart was more loving and more relational when we're talking about Yah. And he said it's out of love that we would talk to someone about uh, the pain of going against those instructions. And so those were just the, hi the highlights I wanted to, uh, I, the things I wanted to highlight in our last conversation. I thought they were important. And uh, for my part of this particular study, I just wanted to bring again the ancient Hebrew lexicon of the Bible. Oops, uh oh, I just lost it. How do I get it back, Mark? Thank you. Okay, so um, knowing that we were studying the word love today, a word study of love, then I just looked that up in, in Jeff Benner's book, uh, his um, lexicon. And so this is what I found. And if you want these few pages, then you can scan that QR code and you'll have them. So the uh, word, one word for love was aha. And this is his, um, if you remember last study, I explained how Jeff Benner goes to the two-letter root that he calls the parent root. And this is the two-letter root for, for that word, aha. So you can see that it, um, the action of that two-letter root is to give. The concrete meaning of it is a gift. And so the abstract meaning of that is love. So the picture graph, the hay, represents one who is looking with, at a great sight with his hands raised as when, he, as when saying, behold, the bet is a representation of the house or the tent. Combine these pictures and it means look toward the house or provide for the family. One does not choose the household which one is born into, including tribe parents, children, and wife. It is a gift from Yah. These gifts are seen as a privilege and are to be cherished and protected. So the concrete meaning of love, ahav, being um, a gift, and that gift being given because we appreciate the, the privilege of having the people that we are serving in our life, like our children or our household, we're, we, we appreciate the privilege of being able to do, give those gifts. We, we appreciate the, the uh, ability to be able to give the gifts that he gives us to the people that we love. So would this also apply, if it applies to the husband and wife applies to the family, the, the house, as it says, the bait is the house, it would also apply to the community. Which the is house also, of Yah. Yeah, yeah. The, it's Yah's house. So it would apply to his house, the same concept, because he's going he's gonna to convey that love to us in the same way, and we're to reciprocate that same love back to him the way that you've beautifully portrayed it here. It's really awesome. Yes. So, yeah, I love Jeff Penner's 
concrete pictures because it really helps us to understand the concept. And so, and I love that because he does, we are his house. And so he, he provides for us. He's, I mean, that means that he's, he's appreciating being able to give us those gifts. It means that he's privileged to be able to, he's privileged with us. He's, he loves us that much. And so as receiving that, then we're part of his house. And so and then we're privileged to give the gifts that we have to the people that we love. I wanted to mention one other thing, and that is I'm, I'm reminded of the bondservant, that the bondservant is in the master's house, and he doesn't want to leave because he's experiencing that love, that ahav, ahava, He's experiencing in such a deep way, such a profound way, that he would rather stay there and be the servant than to go out and be on his own somewhere. He wants to stay in the house. It's awesome. And thinking about the bond servant, he would be serving that house. He would be giving his talents to that household. And so, yeah, so interesting. Okay, so, and then here is the, um, the word, not the parent root, but the word. And so this is love, an abstract word. There is no um, action or concrete meaning here. The expression and action toward the family, which one is privileged with. And I, I love the way that he puts that. So the first appearance was in Genesis 22.2. Um, Take now thy son, thy only son, Isaac, whom you love. And it also appears in Leviticus 19.18, which is important to me because I think that's a re- 19.18. 17 and 19, 18 are really important. Um, don't take, don't avenge or bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you'll lo- you should love them, love your neighbor as yourself. And Yahushua quotes that when he says that um, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second and equally important is love your neighbor as yourself. He says that the entire law and all of the the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. First appearance tells us the concrete meaning. Yeah. Isn't that interesting that it's it's about laying a life down for another? Isn't that crazy? And this word, um, it also appeared as love. There were several words that appeared um, that were translated as love. Uh, so I just definitely a have. And this was just the second choice that I made as far as, is it? Okay, so Raham, if I said that right. All right, and so Jeff Benner brings us to the concrete, which is bowels and the abstract compassion. The bowels are the seed of compassion. And, um, so the very first appearance there is um, Exodus 33:19, where he, where Yahuwah says he will show mercy on whom he will show mercy, and so it is translated mercy in that in that first instance. And um, I thought this was an interesting instance of Raham that really shows um, the meaning of it, which is just that that great feeling, that compassion. Uh, Joseph hurried out because he was moved to tears. And so that, in that particular case, Racham was, was um, translated as moved to tears. And so that is what I brought to our study today. And that is what I have.
okay so that's my part <laughs> Does anybody have any comments they'd like to add? Anything they'd like to add or questions? I'm gonna have to go back and listen because I missed the first part of what you shared. But in that, I remember a dear friend shared something with me one time when someone had visited the service and afterwards they just said you know I really didn't get anything out of it here this probably isn't the place for me and the comment that she made to me was really it always stuck with me and she said when will we get it that it's not what we get out of the community but what we can bring in what have we come to bring are we just here because we're going to get something or do we have the love for the father and the greater family that we have come together because we have something to bring to the family and I thought that was good all right so I have a few things to speak about uh, love and hopefully uh, Ward can tell me if I have this right. And do I need, do I just hit play? Okay. Okay, so might run through a few things that you also, but uh, repetition is good. So I wanted to talk about what are we, looking for here in my opinion we're looking for the kind of love that the father has and i like the first appearance of this word in the scriptures is referring to you know offering isaac this is the love no greater love than a man has than he lays down his life for his brother and so deuteronomy 10 15 says yet on your fathers did yahuwah set his affection to love them and he chose their descendants after them, even you above all peoples as, as it is to, to this day. So Yahuwah has set his affection and his love upon Abraham's descendants. So let's see which love is essential in the kingdom. So Genesis 27, 14 says, So he went out, got them, brought them to his mother. This is when uh, Isaac uh, is, or Jacob is asking for the, um, food, right? No, no. Isaac is is asking for the food, uh, for the he wants the meal. And so when he, when the boys come back, they bring him to the mother, and his mother's made savory food, which his father loved. This is phileo, this kind of love. We can love food. We can love uh, a game. We can love those things. But this kind of love is attached to passion, and that passion oftentimes drives our convictions. But in reality, what God wants is the kind of love that is a conviction that drives your passion. So when I see that God has a conviction that he says, this is the way I want you to love, and that's his conviction, I want to make it my conviction, and then I want that to be my passion. God says, here in heaven, I keep the Shabbat. 
that's my conviction. Well, because God says that's his conviction, I want it to be my conviction, and I want that conviction to drive my passion. I don't want my passions to drive my convictions. It's backwards. So uh, you, this is the Deuteronomy passion, uh, uh, passage that I just read. So Leviticus 19.18 says, You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the sons of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am Yahuwah. So the love that you have for Yahuwah should be seen through your love for those around you. Huh? Should, should we be loving how God loves us? Should we be reflecting that? Should we be walking as our master walked? As he, as he did what his father said and did. So agape is not something you feel. On the contrary, it's based on action. How might you say? It's by seeking the well-being of others. Are we seeking our brother's well-being? 1 Corinthians 10.24 says, Let no one seek his own good, but that of his neighbor. So seeking others', others well-being without expecting anything in return. This is why they say one of the greatest things you can do is attend a funeral. Why? Because that person can never repay you. You're doing a great deed that you know you're not going to expect something in return. Oftentimes, people are doing something because they expect the person to bring something back. But in reality, we should be doing the opposite. We should be giving and serving without expecting anything back. So how would this look like in really biblical God love? So how about when the person can't repay it? Acts 9.1. Now Saul still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of Yahuwah. Or how about if it's your enemy? So here we see Saul was an enemy of the way. He was out to subdue them and put them in prison and beat them and kill them. So he's an enemy. So he went to the high priest. He asked for letters from him to the synagogues at Damascus so that he found any belonging to the way, both men and women, he might put them and bind them in Jerusalem. This is Saul. Going down further in verse 10, it says, Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and Yahuwah said to him in a vision, Ananias, he said, Here I am, Yahuwah. And he said, and, and Yahuwah said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight. Imagine that and inquire at the house of Judas for a man named for a man from Tarsus named Saul for he is praying and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias and come in and lay hands on him so that he might again regain sight but Ananias said master i have heard from many about this man how much harm he did to your saints in Jerusalem and here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who are calling on your name Here's an enemy, and he's being called to go and give a hava to this brother. Might be tough, wouldn't it, if you knew that somebody had intent yesterday to put you in prison to go and give him love? Be pretty rough. Proverbs 24, 17 says, Do not rejoice when your enemy fall, falls, and do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles. Going further in 25, 21, it says, If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he's thirsty, give him water to drink. Wow. And this is why the master's separating the sheep from the goats, saying, 
You didn't give me something to eat. You didn't give me something to drink. So what about God's enemy? Isaiah 63, 8 says, For he said, Surely they are my people, sons who will not deal falsely, so he became their savior. In all their affliction he was afflicted, and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his mercy he redeemed them, and he lifted them and carried them all the days of old. But they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. Therefore he turned himself to become their enemy. He fought against them. So the people of Israel became God's enemy. But then his people remembered the old days of Moses. Where is he who brought them up out of the sea with the shepherds of his flock, where he is to put his Holy Spirit in the midst of them? As the cattle which go down into the valley, the Spirit of Yahuwah gave them rest, so you led your people to make for yourself a glorious name. Now i got to tell you, I was an enemy of God. I didn't walk in his ways. Didn't know anything about it. But in my sin and being an enemy, God reached out and showed me how he laid his life down for me. Wow. Matthew 5.43 says, You have all heard it said, You shall love your neighbor as yourself, hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. We want to be sons of the Father? Love the enemies. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? But do not even the tax collectors do the same? If you greet your, only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Therefore, you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, showing his kind of love. So this reflects the heart of Elohim, Moses praying for mercy on the nation, or Abraham praying for the mercy on Sodom. It's interesting, we were just talking about mercy, so maybe this is a good, a good segue into, I had forgot I put that in there. So see how the Spirit leads? Yes. Okay, so I was just saying that um, I was looking at the, the Beatitudes and um, and Yahushua saying, um, blessed are the merciful, merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And when I looked up that word mercy, it was really interesting because it, in the Strongs, it actually translated it as covenant loyalty. Mm. And, and so, you know, that took some thought. And I was telling Frank, and he, and he, was, he was like, okay, well, what does mercy have to do with covenant loyalty? And I was telling him, you know, what we've been talking about, about um, the blood covenant and what covenant actually means. And so covenant being, if I'm in covenant with you, then everybody that you love, I love. Everything that's really important to you is now really important to me. And so um, if somebody that, you, <laughs> so somebody that you love has been hurt or is in pain, I'm right there. And I'm showing them mercy and I'm showing them kindness. And so the idea of covenant loyalty being if we're loyal to him in covenant, if we're in covenant with him and that's and we're loyal to that covenant, we're gonna be merciful. We're gonna we're going to love people the same way that he loves them because he loves them dearly and and so mercy is I can see how it's completely connected to covenant loyalty. 
So in other words, um, if I love the people that God loves, I'm displaying covenant loyalty. Wow. So piggybacking on what Deborah just said, for some reason the, the Hebrew word has said always stuck with me because I think it was I think it was Donnie who told me he loved it because it signified loyal love <laughs> which is you know goes Remember back to I the covenant and then I mean you can just look at it has said is all throughout the scriptures it connects mercy loving kindness and you know I just think of Ruth and Boaz she said your people will be my people um, your God will be my God, and just like what you said, Deborah, like you come to love the things that um, are dear to the ones that you love. I think the sages have said that Ruth's example is one of the biggest examples of chesed you can find in Scripture. Yeah. And I just wanted to add to that, that also, if you, okay, so Mark was saying that, that, Yahuwah loves, loved us even in our sin, and he rescued us as sinners. I mean, he, he rescued us from that place. We were enemies of God when he loved us yes. and when he rescued us. And so he was loving his enemies. And so if he, loves, if he loved us that much, then in loving our enemies, we are we're more than likely, because he loves everybody, loving that somebody that's very valuable to him um, because we were enemies of his at one point. That made sense. Flesh has a hard time with that. The flesh has a hard time loving someone that you feel is an enemy or that you dislike. Love covers a multitude of sins. So others focus on self-giving love, but we are called to respond to Elohim's love, his type of love in like manner. So as Elohim leads Israel through the wilderness, they continue to be faithless and reject his word. Yet, he feeds them and waters them while protecting them from the enemies around them. He's loving those who are becoming an enemy by rebelling and walking against him. He's still holding fast to his chesed, his covenant loyalty. Wow. Hosea 1.6 says, Then she conceived again and gave birth to a daughter, and Yahuwah said to him, Name her Lo-Ruhumah, for I will no longer have mercy on the house of Israel, that I would ever forgive them. But I will have mercy on the house of Judah and deliver them by the by Yahuwah their Elohim and will not deliver them by bow, sword, battle, horses, or horsemen. Therefore, behold, I will allure her, bring her into the wilderness, and speak kindly to her. Then I will give her her vineyards from there and the valley of Achor as the door of hope. And she will sing there as in the days of her youth, as in the day when she came up from the land of Egypt. It will come about in that day, and of course the word that day is always talking about the last days, declares Yahuwah, that you will call me Ishi, husband, and I will and will no longer call me Baali, or yes, husband and no longer master. For I will remove the names of the Baals from her mouth so that she will be, uh, so they will be mentioned by their names no more. In that day, I will also make a covenant for them. So even in their sin, this is before the covenant, He's going to display covenant loyal, loyalty to a people who have rejected, who are, who, are, who are rebellion, who have turned away. He's still holding fast to make a covenant with them, with the beasts of the field, the birds of the sky, the creeping things of the ground, and I will abolish the bow, the sword, the war from the land, 
and will make them lie down in safety. I will betroth you to me just for 10 years. Forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and justice and what? Chesed. And in compassion. Mercy. Chesed and mercy tied right here. And I will betroth you to me in faithfulness. Then you will know Yahuwah. Psalm 136 says, Give thanks to Yahuwah, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to him, for he is good, for his loving kindness. I'm pointing this out because every time you see loving kindness, it's chesed. So the psalmist is teaching us all of the attributes of God is based on this loving kindness of who he is. So we can say them. Uh, to him who alone does great wonders, to him who made the heavens with skill, to him who spread out the earth above the waters, to him who made the great lights, to the sun for the sun to rule the day, the moon and stars to rule by night, to him who smote the Egyptians in their firstborn and brought Israel out from their midst with a strong hand and an outstretched arm, to him who divided the Red Sea for his loving kindness. His chesed is everlasting. Is it, does it mean that the chesed could stop at some point? Or can I trust that that chesed, that covenant loyalty, that mercy, that, that love that he has will be there always? Mm. He made Israel pass through the midst of it, but he overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea. He led his people through the wilderness to him who smoked great kings and slew mighty kings. Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan. And he gave their land as a heritage, even a heritage to Israel his servant, who remembered us in our low estate and has rescued us from our adversaries, who gives food to all flesh and give thanks to the God of heaven for his chesed is everlasting. So Moses asked Elohim to forgive Israel, not because they deserve it, but because of his Chesed. It's who he is. So Yahuwah keeps promise with a people who don't want him, even when Israel does not show chesed, love, agape, ahava back. He does anyway. Now, I would like to be able to say that I'm that guy and I, I've done that my whole life, but I can tell you, no, I haven't. Yahuwah said, or Yahuwah did not set his love on you, nor chose you because you were more numbered than the, any of the peoples, for you were the fewest of all. But because Yahuwah ahav you and kept the oath which he swore to your fathers, Yahuwah brought you out by a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that Yahuwah your Elohim, he is God, the faithful chesed God, who keeps his covenant and his loving kindness to a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. What's the two requirements for the chesed to be there? Keeping the commandments. Keeping the commandment. That's the requirement. Otherwise, if, if it's anything other than that, then God has lied. We know he's not a liar, right? Isaiah 65 says, I permitted myself, oh, what about the sinner? I permitted myself to be sought by those who did not ask for me. I permitted myself to be found by those who did not seek me. 
I said, here I am. And that's me. I was the guy that did not seek him. I was not looking. But he said, here I am. Here I am. To a nation which did not call on my name. I have spread my hands out all day long to a rebellious people who walk in the way which is not good, following their own evil thoughts. My addition. Thus says Yahuwah, as the new wine is found in the cluster, and one says, do not destroy it, for there is benefit in it, so I will act on my behalf of my servants in order not to destroy all of them. I will bring forth offspring from Jacob and an heir of my mountains from Judah. Even my chosen ones shall inherit it, and my servants will dwell there because of his loving kindness and because of his promise to his servant Abraham. <laughs> he said, I did not come for the righteous. I came for the sinner. I'm glad he came for me in my sin. Hosea 6, 4 says, What shall I do with you, O Ephraim? What shall I do with you, O Judah? For your loyalty, your covenant loyalty, is like morning cloud and like the morning dew, which goes away in the morning. It's, it's here one moment, and then it's gone the next. We're not a faithful people. We're not a people that are like him that is full of that chesed, loving kindness that never fails. And this is why we need a Mashiach. This is why we need an advocate, a high priest that doesn't die, one that is constantly beseeching the Almighty, like Moses and Abraham did, beseeching him on our behalf. Exodus 34, 6 says, Then Yahuwah passed in front of him and proclaimed, Yahuwah, Yahuwah Elohim, compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in chesed and in truth, who keeps chesed for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin. He's not going to leave anyone, the guilty, unpunished. In other words, there'll be consequences for those who rebel, but the covenant loyalty still remains. It still remains. I was unfaithful. I was a sinner. I didn't walk in his commands. I had consequences. But his covenant loyalty came to me and he revealed himself to me. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers and the children and the grandchildren to the third and, gener third and fourth generation. So this chesed that Lisa was talking about, loving kindness, steadfast love, grace, mercy, faithfulness, goodness, devotion, this word is used 240 times in the Tanakh and is especially frequent in the Psalter. The term is one of the most important in the vocabulary of the Tanakh, the theology and ethics. Behind all the uses of chesed with man is subject. However, it's subject with us. However, stand the repeated references to God's chesed. It is one of the most central characteristics. God's loving kindness is offered to his people who need redemption from sin, enemies, and trouble. A recurrent refrain describing God's nature in abound, abounding plenteous in Hesed. The entire history of Yahuwah's covenantal relationship with Israel can be summarized in terms of Hesed. It is the one permanent element in the flux of covenant history. It's the one permanent piece in all of covenant history. Even the creation is the result of God's chesed. His love lasts for a thousand generations, forever, especially in the refrains of certain psalms. Wow. You know what? It's just who he is. It's just who he is. 
and it's what we should be. I just wanted to point out that um, talking about Yah's loving kindness is offered to his people who need redemption from sins, enemies, and troubles. That just reminded me of last week's study. Yes. We need it. And guess what? The, the one who, well, I'm going to get to it here in a second. I want to go too early. So the ultimate chesed is the Most High sends his son and displays his chesed, which you pointed out to us the first time love appears in Genesis is whenever uh, uh, Abraham is offering his son Isaac, showing the love. He sends Yahushua to us to display the chesed of God that he's going to lay down his life for his brother. Even when we didn't deserve it, even when we were an enemy with God, he brought his loving kindness. Yes. Okay. I might have missed it, but what is chesed? Chesed is loving kindness. Oh, okay. But it means these other things we pointed out. It's, it's covenant, loyalty, and mercy, faith. Never-ending, never-wavering uh, faithfulness to covenant. Okay, so what you were just saying is that, is that Yahuwah sent his son out of, that's the ultimate chesed, to display his chesed to us. He's displaying it. He's demonstrating his love for us in that while we're yet sinners, he died for us. And I guess I'm just, I'm just thinking that, um, that that display goes along with if we hear this word, this word of his gospel, and we believe him, if we believe him, then that transforms our heart. I mean, it's that, it's that belief that he does love us. It's that belief that, that he demonstrated the best way that he could in dying for us. It's that belief that he truly thinks that we're valuable, that we're truly worth it, that he truly wants a relationship with us and he wants to be connected. Amen. And I think that one of the key elements for Abraham, why God's love for him was so great, is because Abraham displayed chesed probably more than anyone ever has. Here is a man who displayed that chesed in such a way laying down his own son's life uh, this is this is i mean it's this is difficult for flesh to do these things are hard somebody rises up against you and you want to you want to give it back to them you want to you want to you know bring about retribution you want to do this and that if someone doesn't line up with the way that you think if someone doesn't look like you look you want to bring them down but you know what god says you did not look like you did not walk like, you did not think like me, and I brought my chesed to you, and I laid down my son's life for you, that you would have life everlasting, so that you could be in covenant with me through his blood. Wow. So I'm contemplating the reason why Yahuwah requires, it's not a sacrifice that he wants, but he wants a contrite heart and a humble spirit a repentant spirit his kindness is what draws us to repentance and brings us back in covenant relationship with him because he desires that not one would perish but all would come to the saving knowledge of the most high and then i contemplate um abraham <laughs> abraham's obedience to the father and okay so it it's easy to obey the most high 
compared to, okay, he was faithful to the Most High because he trusted in his goodness. But where the, the test and the challenge comes is can we remain faithful to our brethren who is not perfect? Yes. That's where the test Ooh. and the challenge comes in. Yes. And that's why we need each other in community. We need each other in community. This is, God is all about community. He, he gathered his people for a reason. And this is what it's about. We need each other, especially the days that are ahead. So we thank you for joining us. Let me pray. Father, we thank you so much for the study today of love for Chesed and uh, Ahav and Agape and Racham. We thank you that we were able to dig a little deeper to find out what this love looks like from your perspective, how we're to walk in that love. And as it says, we should walk as the master walked. And so he was a example of your love. And so, Father, we, may we be examples of that, loving our enemy. It's, it's easy to love those who love us. But, Father, we need to be better at loving our enemies. We need to be better about having mercy to those who we, our flesh doesn't feel like they deserve mercy. And so, Father, we thank you for the lessons today that we might learn them, walk, walk it out, that it would change us, that we would become more like you, like your servant Abraham. We give you praise and glory for the lessons today. In your son Yahushua's name we give thanks. Amen. Thank you, everybody that's here. Thank you, everybody online for joining us. We give uh, the almighty praise. We'll see you at 3 o'clock. Shabbat shalom.